Good morning and good afternoon, depending on wherever you at the time this recording. This is episode one of nine of the Restricted Zone podcast, and I with a crew today, Chris and Johnny. Chris, introduce yourselves to the people, man. I'm here. It's the man. It's the myth. It's the legend. It's your boy yes, Breezy in the house. <laughs> yes, sir. And Johnny, introduce yourself to the people out there, man. Hello, world. Just Johnny tapping in, baby. The analyst, yes. not the advocate. We just analyze. Not- advocate man not the advocate i'm right there with you with that being said johnny i'm gonna need both you guys expertise on this man straight basketball this episode man just nothing but basketball we're gonna go we're gonna dive right into the meat and potatoes listen the conference finals raging on well one side is already done uh the nuggets handled their business four games straight they ain't come they ain't come to f around uh, they was more determined. Not not that the Lakers weren't, because it was all close games. But at the end, the Nuggets bench proved to be the biggest difference maker beside them. Beside, of course, y'all Jamal Murray just playing extremely well throughout the series. And Jokic uh, wasn't even Jokic for the first couple of games played well, but the last couple of games, the last two games, he didn't play to near, nearly as well until the fourth quarter came, stepped his game up, and was able to just you know carry the Nuggets to the, to the ultimate win. So with that, before I start, Chris, I'm just pointing to you, Mr. Nuggets. Let him fan. have it first. Let him have it first. The Nuggets Nuggets fan in the world right now. He's clapping right now. Look, the Nuggets are in the finals. Come on, man. You've been saying this for the longest. You've been, we've been going back and forth. Listen, man. Go ahead. How you feel? I'm I'm happy. I'm 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 ecstatic right now, and it's it's not just due to the fact that the Nuggets swept the Lakers because, like you said, even though it was a sweep, it really didn't feel like a sweep for the Suns. I mean, right. the Lakers. I'm I'm not gonna discredit the Lakers. LeBron. I mean, AD for three out of four games. I say because game four, even though he finished with like 20 points and 16 or, or 14 or 16 rebounds. He really didn't shoot well, but for the most part, AD and LeBron played a very good series. I mean, Anthony Davis game one had dropped 40 points. Game three, he had, I think he, I believe he had over 30 points. So it's not like they didn't show up. LeBron, we saw what he did. LeBron, we saw what he did in game four, 40 points, almost a triple double. Like we, like they played well, and I'm not going to discredit them for not playing well. But of course, this just, but this just shows the difference in continuity between two very different teams. The Lakers were a team that really got assembled, what, three, about three, four months ago during the trade deadline. While the Nuggets, for the most part, while they've had interchangeable pieces over the years, this has been the team they've had since, what, 20, about 2018. Yeah, 2018. So it's just, at this point, we just saw the development. We just saw the experience kick in. And And that's what you're supposed to see. When you see a team constantly get into a playoffs, when you see a young team just keep making it, you understand they're not going to win every year. You obviously want them to advance farther and farther each year. But sometimes things happen. For the Nuggets, injuries happen. Losing Jamal Murray for those two playoff runs was really critical. And the fact that Michael Porter Jr. really didn't play a lot during last year's playoffs when they lost in, when they lost in five to Golden State in the first round, it showed. And then when it comes to this year, you see why the Nuggets – like why they were able to get back to the conference finals in the bubble. Now, yes, and that might have been due to teams obviously not performing well in the end because they weren't in a 2-3-1 deficit, but that shows you that the Nuggets were ready, and we ready. Um, I don't even know. I don't even know what I got to say. Nikola Jokic, first person. And it, it, actually, I can't say the first person in history, but he's passed Wilt Chamberlain for most triple doubles in a single postseason. Right. Averaged a triple double in the conference finals. Jamal Murray averaged close to 30 points per game on 50, 40, 90 shooting. 50, 40, 90. And for anybody that's been listening to these podcasts, I will once again come out and say, just like I'm going to say you guys, I apologize for that dumbass take I had said when I said that James Harden. I would take James Harden over Jamal Murray. I regret ever saying that, and it shows. Because ever since, ever since I seen you say something, Jamal Murray has shown me that it's not. It wasn't just that one player from the bubble that he had. Like this, he might this is what he does. He, he might watch. The yes, mm. yeah, he might. This shows he <laughs> he's a real deal, and and he and playoff Murray is officially a real thing. Uh, so it was great to see that Aaron Gordon played big in Game Four. He had 22 points, which was great. Which was great. Michael Porter Jr. shot efficiently enough. Bruce Brown, I feel like, was the really was really the key component. Bruce Brown and Tavius Caldwell Pope. 
during the during the third quarter of game three of game four, and actually game three as well, when the Nuggets really couldn't find anything offensively, KCP was the only one that was able to create offense. The only one that was able to make shots, and that helped. And Bruce Brown has just been a spark plug off the bench, and he it seems that he's really found a home in the right position in Denver. He's able to he can he can play point guard. He's actually off guard who's a two who's two who's a two way slasher that can hit the three they hit the three sometimes. So it was great to just see how far along Denver has gotten. And I would just say that the only thing that this shows is kind of what I've been saying or what I said that this was to show in the beginning, that depending on how you build your team around a superstar, you really only need one superstar to win. Now I know Jamal Murray has never been an all-star before. That's probably going to change after what I've seen. Because if he keeps playing like this, he will get a lot of all-star selections heading his way. But as of right now, he's not an all-star. So we're going based off of right now. He does. He, Joker's the only NBA superstar that's not played with any all-star teammates. But the team around him is so constructionally sound and so well-coached that it fits perfectly. And now we're in a prime position to win our first NBA championship. Now, I'm not saying we're going to, but I'm saying we're four wins away. Four wins away. Let's get it. I'm going to definitely salute you. We had her back and forth. I'm going to give credit where credit is due, man. Shout out to the Nuggets. Uh, Man, they got a chance to make history. And you know what? Uh, I'm excited for them just like you are. Johnny, I'm going to swing it to you, man. Just, uh, you know what? I think about the Lakers. I think a lot of people felt like the Lakers getting swept. I think no one thought Lakers would have get swept. Honestly speaking. So for the Lakers to actually get swept, it's kind of crazy, but then it's not so crazy to a certain extent. You got to think LeBron's 38. He was playing on the foot that he obviously needed surgery. People kind of forget that. That's why he settled for so many threes late. And he was, he was like, what, 0 for 13 at one point before he started hitting his three-point shots, maybe in game three, game four, maybe game four to the end. AD was really efficient, but the last game four, he was just – you know, he was just disappeared. D-Lo, I think, was negative 53 plus and minus, and he was he just couldn't buy a bucket at all, literally. Dennis Schroeder was great on defensively, but offensively he was just uh, – I think the Lakers could have used a Rajon Rondo-like point guard, a CP3-like point guard to orchestrate their offense. They didn't really have a, a great point guard in terms – I mean, D-Lo should have been the one since, you know, he was always a quote-unquote combo guard that could do both, but he just was simply inefficient. Just what's your thoughts on the Lakers getting swept? Uh, and, and did you expect them to get swept? And just what's your thoughts on, on the Nuggets? Not to undermine them, but a testament to their greatness and how far they uh, they come. Um, I didn't expect a sweep, but I expected a gentleman sweep. Um, yes. I'm not surprised that the Lakers went out like this because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like you said, Colin, the aforementioned names, the Dennis Schroeders, the, the, uh, the, the Vanderbilts, if you will, the, the others, the D, the D'Angelo Russells, the the others. Where were you? It just like there were there were spots and there were bits and pieces of it, but they just didn't have the better version of the others. I love using that term that Shaq got from Phil Jackson. Shaq always says that Phil Jackson taught court. That's what Phil Jackson called it. The others. You yes. can't win without the others. And I've said this all the time about Denver. And um, this was actually like you know we we. Die Hard and B fan. I've always mm. I've, I've used this thing with Denver. I've used this argument with Denver to the extent that I used it as like Embiid's downfall, because mm. I always said that it's not it's not like complete team. You talk about complete teams in the in the NBA in the league for the past right. couple of seasons. Denver has always had a complete team. Like even if they were one piece off, one piece missing, it was always like Chris said, based off of injury. If you look at their roster, they always had a complete team. They just their others were always better. Let me run this down for you. Aaron Gordon, 13 points per game in that in that um in the, in that Lakers series. Bruce Brown, 12 points per game, but a steal and a half a game, even though he busted my ticket. But anyway, the the <laughs> the, the impact that he's had on that team. Catavius Caldwell poked uh 12 to 14 points per game in that series. In addition to Jamal Murray's um, 28 points per game with about two steals and Jokic just triple double, but these are the people we expect. I'm talking about the others right now. Now you look at okay, Aaron Gordon, Bruce Brown, Contavious Caldwell Pope versus Dennis Schroeder, D'Angelo Russell, 
and a Vanderbilt. Mm. That, who's got the better ver- who's who's got the better backups? Of course. And at the end of the, and, and and even still, that's that that was the Lakers' downfall. I think it was the that now they were trying to save it at the deadline and they were trying to save it towards the end of the season with the with the Vanderbilt pickup and did they pick up Lonnie Walker? And before the oh he's Lonnie Walker was already on the team. With yeah. them, but they did make a couple of moves as trying to but it just wasn't enough. It reminded me of the Sixers a little bit. Like, we made a couple of moves towards the trade deadline, but I didn't think it was good enough. Like, we just weren't going to be able to match, and mainly with the wings. With the right. wings. Denver is deep in the in the wing area. We've got a lot of wings that can play multiple positions. They've got, like you said, Bruce, Bruce Brown can play off ball, on ball, and he can play on the wing. you got uh, Aaron Gordon. He can play in the – he can play a little bit of center. He can mainly play the four. He can come out to the wing a little bit and play a little bit of defense there. You've got uh, Contavious Caldwell-Pope can play two positions. They've got multiple defenders. Um, I like that. You know, Denver's got always had – I can never figure out their identity. I can right. never figure out the Nuggets' identity. But um, I guess I just called it like blue-collar style of basketball. Um, mm-hmm. They just basically outworked the Lakers. They It, it wasn't even to LeBron's – not being being able to make a jump, make a three pointer. How many shots into the series? And AD played out of his body this series. I like I can no longer. I almost don't even want to call him street clothes anymore. He gained my respect throughout this playoff run. This was the longest I've seen him. This is the most durable I've seen him. And yet and still, like LeBron, AD, D. Russ had some moments. Um, Austin Reeves, Lonnie Walker. Like the, the Nuggets just always had a somebody for their somebody, and that's what it came down to. They were just a deeper team. They they had the better, uh, they had the better version of the others right there. I will say that much, and and that and that's that's how that's how it was. I mean, even with Jamal Murray being hurt, it was always somebody else that was stepping up. Michael Porter came out of nowhere. Aaron Gordon, we we thought his career was going to be done when he went to Denver. We thought KCP was going to be over. And whatever Bruce Brown, I didn't give him any credit coming out of college. I didn't. I, I oh, he's a he's a he ain't gonna get no jump shot. He could do good on defense, get a couple boards here and there. He'll be out in three years. Oh no, here we go, Western Conference Finals. So NBA Finals, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, I will say Denver has always been under the radar. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Coaching, front staff, GM, like I don't know who did it. I don't know what they did collectively, but Denver has always been around. Always been around with that death, bro. That death and low key. Did y'all know that? I didn't even notice. Like they're the most winningest team to never reach a to never reach a finals. Mm. So there goes that experience that Chris says mentions earlier. Because now that now we finally get to that point where it's the fourth quarter. It's game six. It's game seven. You go. They may not have experience in the championship level, but they got experience when it comes to winning games. And how long? And when you got a team that that knows how to win, mm. no matter what. Denver knows how to win. How long did you think that the inevitable or the things that they can't control was going to keep holding them back? Eventually, they were going to get healthy. Eventually, they were not going to get hurt. Eventually, they were going to. And here we are. All right, Chris, you got it. Uh... Chris, I, I do want and what <laughs> talked about was the bench. I mean, Bruce Brown, Callaway Pope. But, man, you talked about X-Factors. You talked about Michael Porter Jr. And you talked about how much he was going to be the X-Factor. Man, did he step up big time. And a lot of people forget about him. He was the number one recruit in his class. He was supposed to be the number one pick in that draft. He just had an injury that made him slid all the way down to the 14th. But you got to think about the talent this kid was coming out with. Mm-hmm. And the Nuggets got him at a steal for 14. When he should have been the number one pick in the draft. I mean, every team, the Nuggets, they drafted Jokic. In the second round, the 42nd pick in the draft. <laughs> He's a two-time MVP. You got Jamal Murray. Now you got MPJ. He settled in as the third option for the Nuggets. I mean, let's talk about MPG. If MPG doesn't play well in this series, where do you think he goes for the Nuggets? Because I think he was such a he, – he, he played well. He hit key shots. He stepped up when Murray got cold in the second half, when it was just him, and he was the focal of the offense. He was hitting shots. He was moving, cutting screens. Just, just give me thoughts on, on, on just him overall. Well, I would just say for me, I, I mean, I, I mean for me, he's not really necessarily a two-way in my opinion, but he's the mm-hmm. third best scorer on our team. Now, he has a lot to work on, and by all means, he has a lot to work on. Cause some he of always his has shots, a green light, though. 
He yeah, always, but, but some of those shots he be trying to take, I'd be like, slow, slow your roll. You you shoot like you already hit five in a row. Calm down. Bro, like, I think it, I think it took a step back from the way and air balls. And I was like, I was like, I was like, what is this? Like, hey. I, like I, I want him to shoot the ball. He should want to shoot the ball. Because like right. I said, he can shoot over basically anybody just with, because of his body frame and himself. Right. Um. So it, it was. It's nice to see him efficiently shoot. Now he doesn't do it every game, which is obviously mm-hmm. something I work on consistency. I would like him to be more aggressive, not always settle for threes. But then again, the Nuggets like want him to shoot threes. I right. more so think that the X factor was Aaron Gordon because when Aaron Gordon signed with the Nuggets, I was like, okay, like we see this now. Aaron Gordon coming from Orlando, he was supposed to be the guy over there. I right. obviously didn't turn out like that. But yet he has glimpsing moments of when he looks like he could not be that guy because he's not going to be that guy. But he looks like he could be like a second option. Like there are times when he will he will be aggressive, which is all I asked him to do. It's kind of like how like here's the thing. I was saying this on a couple on episodes ago when me and Greg were debating this. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tobias Harris and Aaron Gordon are the same players in this perspective. They're mm-hmm. not they're not first they're not first or second option guys. But right. if you if the, but they can play their role very well. Now for Aaron Gordon, all I wanted to do was see him be aggressive, because mm. at six ten was he like two thirty two forty? He yeah. athletic. He can get by a lot of people. His handle was not terrible. He's okay. strong in the paint, and he has a jump shot. He can do everything you need him to do on offense. It's just the fact that sometimes he just chose not to be aggressive, which is what I didn't like about it. But the biggest difference between Yoke, between I was gonna say Yoke, the, the biggest difference between Aaron Gordon and Tobias Harris is literally the contract. Because there are games where Aaron Gordon will come out and and play like and play terrible, mm. and like but he'll get swept under the rug because it's, because uh, he's not getting paid like a super like a like a star athlete. When you yes. pay somebody 180 million like the Sixers and Tobias Harris, I'm not gonna touch on the Sixers as much tonight. <laughs> it was only for this. It was only for this point. When you pay somebody $180 million, you expect yeah. them to perform. You expect them right. to. When you give somebody a $92 million contract, you just want them to play their role. If Tobias Harris was making Aaron Gordon's money, I promise you half of Philly would not be as mad as him as they are right now. More than half of Philly wouldn't be as mad as him as they are right now. They wouldn't be irritated with them. I just enjoy the fact that Aaron Gordon decided to be aggressive, which is what we need him to do in the finals. He's going to go up against Kevin Love. Caleb Martin, probably Jimmy Butler at times, Bam out of bio at times. Like he's gonna like Miami. I'm outside of Kevin Love. Miami has a lot of bias. They're gonna throw. They're gonna throw around at people, and they might even at some point double and triple team Jokic. But this is why we They'll need Aaron Gordon. Money. Yes, but this is why we. And this is if we play the, the Heat because the series isn't over yet. But this is why you need to be aggressive. He changes the impact of the entire game. Him having 22 he like honestly, he was a big culprit in, in us keeping the league close against the Lakers in game four. Because once the fourth quarter hit, Jokic took over. But who got it? But who kept us in the game up until the fourth quarter? Aaron Gordon and Catavius Caldwell Pope. Like John was saying, the others. That's what we needed him to do. So it was good seeing him like that. And he's got to keep playing like that in the finals. He just needs to be aggressive. If, I, I said this before Aaron Gordon, I'll say it again. Eric Gordon, could, if he wanted to, could literally take five shots a quarter, and I'd be okay with it. A couple layups, two threes. I'm okay with that. Five shots a quarter is not is is not a lot. Now, obviously, obviously, when you round it up, it's 20 shots at the end of the game. But if you're taking five shots a quarter, at least that tells me you're being aggressive. Obviously, Jokic and Murray are going to get their touches. They're going to get their shots off. You can't stop that. But Michael Porter Jr. and Eric Gordon, they should both get over 10 shot attempts per game. And they should be aggressive with their looks. They both average. Yeah, especially playing with Jokic, you're going to get fed. Especially playing with yes. Yeah. They both average. They both, both Michael Porter Jr. and Eric Gordon average about 16 and 17 a game. So mm-hmm. obviously they get they get their touch. They get to score the ball. I all I want him to do is be aggressive. When he's aggressive, the they it makes the Nuggets offense just that more difficult to guard. Because like now you got to watch Jokic, and of course you got to watch Jamal Murray. Now, but if Aaron Gordon's being aggressive now, now you got to watch out for him. That opens up shooting lanes for Michael Porter Jr. and KCP. And you can't let them get hot because they because I've seen KCP get hot. I didn't think he could. I've seen that man literally carry an offense before, which is mm. crazy to see. If he's aggressive, he changes the whole dynamic of the offense. That's all I ask him to do. He sure does. Nobody gave these pickups a chance, bro. Aaron Gordon, KCP. 
they went Denver picks him up. Ah, whatever. Bruce Brown. I forgot who picked him up, but he ends up in Denver. They're just ho hum players. You know what I'm saying? Right. And now look at these. Look. Oh my goodness. We couldn't get none of these. Is that you got shade away, Bobo? I just keep thinking to myself, man, what would Bobo be doing right now? Now maybe you guys probably wouldn't give him as much minutes. Maybe, but I just feel like. Just you guys really dread. I just feel like you guys should have held on the bubble, but there probably would have been any minutes for him. You know, you guys just didn't have any minutes for him. Just what you see, we only put you see, we only play one center now. When Jokic is in the lineup, who's playing center? Jeff Green and Eric Gordon. They go small when Jokic gets out. They don't even play Thomas Bryant. And I thought we were gonna, I thought he was gonna get minutes in this playoffs. That's you guys have depth and you guys shaded away like it's crazy. The Nuggets are really stacked from top to bottom. Listen, Johnny, I want to talk swing it to you. The, the Lakers, I mean, listen, they got swept. And then at the end of it, Bronny, I mean, I said Bronny. Bron talked about he might be considering retirement, even though he has two years left on his contract. He probably won't really retire. Uh, just what's your thoughts about that? And I obviously, Chris, I'm swinging it to you. Just what's your thoughts about Bron's retirement? And and where, the, where do the Lakers move forward, considering the, the roster? You know, they got a lot of people. They got, they got a lot of decisions they got to make. They got to sign. I'm pretty sure D'Lo isn't really um, favorable right now with, with the Lakers, of course, with the Lakers fans, of course. Um, just, just what's your thoughts overall about the Lakers? Well, Brown retirement, nah. Go I look at it. it like Tom Brady, man. We'll see it. We'll see it when it happens. I feel like Brown is going to go for okay. as long as Brown can go. I feel like he personally is. I, I feel like he is, bro. But um, be that be that as it may, uh, as far as how far the Lakers are going to go. Um, sorry about that. <laughs> my bad, y'all. My bad. Trying to figure out how far the Lakers are going to go. But what I'm about to say, is Trey Young available? Shoot. What's, what's, he, what's he looking like? Man. I mean, they was looking at – I heard some rumors about them, like, probably possibly looking over, picking at Atlanta a little bit as if they're going to let Trey Young go. But which we're thinking, right? The point is they need a point guard. Mm. No pun intended. <laughs> But with that being said, they need a guard. They better they better start looking in the guard pool. Uh, they got some up and they got some nice bright spots off the bench that they probably can have, like you know, for the next couple years. And Austin Reeves, maybe if Lonnie stays around, they'll right. probably you know re- re- restructure some contracts, bring some young cats back. But the majority of it, I say, other than keeping the nucleus of Bron and AD together, you got to get a guard. You got to get a guard. And if you're gonna do that. Ah, I wouldn't well, say they the have too much off to offer to really play mm-hmm. around with. In that, they probably got to look at free agencies or see who might be available for the cheap. But right. I mean, Vanderbilt probably will be gone on the one year. They probably could ship ship him off, and we can use them. Vanderbilt. But they need a guard, bro. They need somebody. They need they need somebody else that can take the ball out of Brian's hands. Um, I don't know how, you know, Kyrie's not liking Dallas. All right, uh, Trey Young. I don't know how that. This is wishful thinking, of course, but at the end of the day, they have to get guard play. I actually did not think Darvin Ham would be this good of a coach. He actually surprised me. He's all right. They, they're not. I would completely pull the plug on these guys. See, I would no. completely pull the plug on them. They, they little bits. Their bench was better than I gave them credit for. The coaching was better than I gave them credit for. And wing players, they you did what you could before the trade deadline hit. But I wouldn't hit the reset button just yet. I'd say I look for something, something in the in along the lines of the guard room. Um, Bron retiring, I'll see it when I be, I believe it when I see it. But uh, I wouldn't say that the Lakers are too far off in playoff contention next year. Okay, Chris, you share those same sentiments, or do you feel like you know the, the Lakers? You know what, moving forward with the roster construction. I mean, Bron's retirement supposedly. You know he's considering it. He, he feels like maybe Bronny might not. That might not be Bronny's goal as much as a Bron's goal. Uh, just and then in terms of you know who should Lakers should be focused on keeping the most besides you know obviously Austin Reeves because he was just phenomenal uh, throughout the playoffs. Go ahead. So I I kind of I really agree with a lot with Johnny said. I mean I think obviously moving forward the I think the biggest thing for Lakers is a point guard and. I've said this to various people during the postseason that some people are just built for the playoffs and some just aren't. And I'm talking about D'Angelo Russell. I think he might I can I can really only remember one game where he really played well 
a, a really good game, and that was, I believe, it was either game two or game three against the Warriors. Right. What, 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 I think it was, no, game one or game three. One of the games the Lakers won, but D'Angelo Russell played, like, really good basketball. And it's not, and it's not a knock to him as a player. Obviously, he's a talented player, but it's just, but as we talk about, it's just levels to this. And some people are just down here, and some are up here, and some are way up here. You can't win if you have people on your team that are down here. D'Angelo Russell just and D'Angelo Russell in every game in that what's the conference finals shot horrible. I don't think he I don't, I don't even think he shot over twenty five percent from the field in any of those games. Twenty five percent from the field. Plus minus negative fifty three. Crazy. Exactly. So the and I mean I know the Lakers uh, there were rumors about the Lakers and the Russell having mutual interest, but I don't I think the interest went right out the window. So you had to go after a point guard. Um, to answer the thing about Brown real fast, I mean, I think he's going to think about retiring, but I don't think like he's going to retire. Uh, I was I was listening to this earlier, and some and people I've heard most of the people say that Brown just kind of used this as like a warning to the Lakers, like basically saying that as of right now, where the roster is built. They might be good, but they're not good enough to win a championship. So why mm-hmm. would Brown want to come back to a team if they're not built to win a championship? Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. At this point in his career, all he should be playing for is to win. If not, he can sit home. He can sit his ass at the crib and just chill, <laughs> make movies, do or produce whatever he want to do. Chill, smoke <laughs> cigars he... all day and stuff. Man, so <laughs> so so I'm almost done. So basically. I think it was just a one shot to the Lakers. So I think their biggest needs right now, obviously, we, you talk, you just touched on the con. You said it. They got to keep Austin Reeves. Now, fortunately for them, he's a respected free agent. So on the offer sheet that he gets, the Lakers have the chance to match it. I feel like a, another important piece they need to keep is Rui Hachimura. He proves once he got traded that he can be a valuable piece to that team. Now he might not. Now he might be a bust considered on where he was drafted at, but he's still a very good player that needs to be on the Lakers moving forward. Um, I think most of the wings are okay. I mean, obviously Malik Beasley might have to go because he didn't. He lost time in the playoffs, but they have Lonnie Walker. Vanderbilt. So bring, yeah, I mean, maybe Vanderbilt, but they might bring him back because they can use defense and like. Uh, I feel like Lonnie, I feel like Lonnie Walker earned himself another contract. Uh, but it is going to be difficult, and I think the difficult thing is going to be tw- is going to come between. It's, it's really just going to be hot more because the Lakers need cash space if they want to go after somebody. Now, personally, as much as the star, the stars aligned to have Kyrie in Los Angeles. I feel like that would be a mistake, a mistake moving forward. Because if you're doing so, you're going to lose valuable assets from that team. Now, it could be through a signing trade, through him just wanting the max. So now you want what you're gonna pay Kyrie forty some million a year. Now you're paying three people forty some million a year. Then you just then you just get out of paying three people forty some million a year. And what happened? So now you're gonna lose. You're gonna lose depth. Because if you try to go Kyrie, Austin Reeves might, might go somewhere else. So you might have him. So you're going to really rely on the fact that three stars are going to carry you the way. And you just went through an experience where that didn't work. I feel like the more important players you go after is Fred Van Vliet. Obviously, they can afford him. Because, yes, he does have the cachet that a Kyrie Irving has. But he does everything offense that you need him to do. And he has, and he has championship experience because he won. And he's shown that he can step right up in the playoffs when you need him to. He's a more efficient scorer than D'Angelo Russell. Mm-hmm. And he can play off ball and on ball. He's shown it. He's shown it. I feel like if the Lakers want to still be good, keep Austin Reese for sure and go at the Van Vliet. Or did he, keep did Austin he Reese. It? Yeah, that's a good job. Keep right. Rui Hachimura and maybe see if you can do maybe see if you can trade one trade one or two of your first round picks for somebody valuable. Because I mean they're late first round picks. Now you could obviously try to develop somebody. But when you got a short window of opportunity with Bron AD, who's AD who's getting ready to enter his, if not age 30, age 31 year coming up, like he's, like, and LeBron's already up there in age. He's going to be 39 next year if he continues to play, which I think he will. You're going to need somebody that's going to be ready, that's going to come in and win now. So, like Johnny said, the Lakers really aren't far off. They, they showed that they, the team that they have assembled right now is really good, and, and it can be a threat in the West. But they're missing, in my opinion, they're missing – one piece, and that's a that's a point guard that can actually shoot and shoot efficiently, and not play right. below under the radar when it's when he needs to step his game up. 
All right. Listen, I love both the analysis. I'm excited to see what the Lakers do this offseason, honestly. I mean, it's going to be some major moves. Listen, we can't count them out. They'll always be a factor as long as LeBron's on their roster. So can't wait to see that. But now we move on to the East, man. We're moving on to the East. And, man, uh, it's really unexpected. <laughs> really unexpected. Celtics are down. And they're down by a lot. Three games. Not too long ago, <laughs> uh, it looked like they were going to join the Lakers. Two historic franchises getting swept. Uh, who would have saw that coming? And that hasn't been done since 19... 19- but, well... If they were going to get swept, it would have been done since 1962, 1968. So that's just ridiculous. But the Celtics played like the team that they are on on the paper. They are, and just as a team overall, they are better than the Heat, right? They are better than them. They just like a big man. But overall, they're better than the Heat. But they're down. So, Chris, I just want to get your thoughts. Did you see the Celtics being down in this series? And and just what's your thoughts do you think the Celtics, because Jalen Brown said, hey, don't let us get a win. I believe that was Marcus Smart, but now they was talking cocky. They got a win. Are you feeling they could build some momentum and keep stacking this up? Or you feel like that he is shutting this down on Thursday and we're having the finals, the Nuggets versus Heat? Talk to me. I got I got three words, and I got just three words. What's that, sir? Jimmy freaking Butler. <laughs> Jimmy freaking Butler. Um, oh, man. No this, whole post, this whole postseason has literally been a Jimmy Butler revenge tour, but we're just all here to witness it. Okay. Congrats to the Celtics for winning game four. I have no faith in them in winning three straight games against this Miami team. And it's not even due to the fact that Miami is, I mean, as a, they're playing like the better team, but it's not even due to the fact that I consider them the better team. It's just due to the fact that I don't want- trust Boston. I don't trust Boston at their own house. I found a stat that was interesting to me. Did you know last year in the postseason, Boston was ten and ten at home. Wow. They play better on the road than they do at their own house. So why would I trust them to win three to win three games against Miami? Two of them be at the home. I just saw them come out of the series against the Sixers, where they lo- where they lost two games at home. James Harden put a 40-piece on him in game one, and they played terrible in game five. Oh, man. That was what gave us false hope to begin with. They actually delusionally believed we could actually go to the conference finals. And they got sniffed. And Chris and said I, he's not talking about the Citrus tonight. Oh, 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 oh. I'm making small points, but I'm not like, trying to bring anything up about them. You, you see what I'm doing. I'm not saying anything bad. I'm not... Trying to downgrade y'all. I know y'all been going. I know it's been a rough week. I've I, I've been laying off the trash talk, and I'm gonna keep laying off the trash talk. It's cool. I just had to make that point. All right. I got one more thing to say though. For Johnny can also answer this question. I'm I'm very disappointed in Jalen Brown. I'm very disappointed in Jalen Brown. But people were Did saying he played uh you know for a while. People was like, hey, Jalen Brown might be better than Tatum. Because he showed up sure. in the finals when Tatum did. Have Have you seen what? As much as I like Jalen Brown as a player, have you seen how that man has been playing? Oh, that I, man I, is shooting. That I don't know. I, the stats might have changed because Game Four happened yesterday, and we know they won. But Jalen Brown was shooting twenty percent from three. Twenty. Jalen Brown. Twenty percent, or actually, it might have been less than twenty. It actually, might have been ten. I might have gotten that step wrong. Oh, he's been shooting like 36%. Yes, ah, he overall, not even averaging 20 points. That's supposed to be the second best player. And mind mm. you, a lot of us on here already look at Jalen, at J- I said Jalen, at Jason Tatum as a very streaky shooter. C- kudos to him for, for hooping yesterday. But I mean, yeah, you, you he, he, he need more. He need help. He can't do it by himself. If he goes on to drop 50 tomorrow night in game five. He's not going to be able to win that game by himself. Right. And the way Miami has been playing, and the absence of Tyler Hero, mind you, the way that they have been playing, the way that they have been shooting, and the now, way that Jerry Bullock has just decided to take over games whenever he feels like it, I can't see Boston winning three straight. Now, I'll say this right now. I, ha- I have them winning game five tomorrow. I do. 
I think they're going to, I think because the Banks are against the wall, they're playing in front of their home crowd. They're going to use that to their advantage. And it's going to be a close game down the stretch, but Boston's going to fight with it away. But game six, oh, game six, it's over. Let it get to a game six, and I promise you, Jerry Butler dropping 40. And, he, and it's going to be over right after that. Let it get to game six, so Jerry Butler can drop 40. Let him do that. He he forget about last year game seven when he missed that three that he should have made to send him to the finals. <sighs> Let it get to game six of Miami. I pro- I promise you he's dropping 40. On air, guys. He's promising it. Stamp it. Whew, Johnny. Are you co-signing the stamp? He had to slam whatever he was slamming. Are you co-signing this? Don't let him get don't let it get to a six. Don't let off. Oh. I'm just tuck your chain. So no, no, no belief in the Celtics. No miracle happening. No miracle shots. It's over. Nah. What's the record say? Zero and one fifty. You want to keep counting? Hey, never say never. Never say never. I'm just going to say zero and one fifty. <laughs> That's the record, by the way, for the for the uh, for our listeners of uh, oh, and teams are down zero and three. Oh, in 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 an NBA series, teams are down on three. Record of coming back zero and one hundred and fifty. Hmm. Forgive me for taking the ladder on this one. Now I will say, streaky, absolutely one hundred and ten percent right. Streaky is the absolute word for the Boston Celtics. And as a scorn Citrus fan, I will say, streaky is the epitome of this team can i say sell to 50 field goal shooting last night right 40 percent three-point shooting last night jason tatum scores 25 of his 33 points in the second half he dropped 16 points in the fourth quarter against the sixers in the game that we should have closed out chris ain't gonna talk we can't talk about it but i can mention it just this one time i only say that to make a point hmm. Tatum is streaky. Celtics are streaky. Second half team, hot team, catch fire. Oh, but when they're cold, they're cold. But when they're hot, they're hot. It's like when you have, see, I would say, right, that's kind of, it, it reminds me of the heat sort of, sort of kind of in a way offensively. Hot when they're hot, cold when they're cold. But here's the difference. I feel like the heat have more grit. And they got more goal. Like, they have more – they got the mindset to say, we're streaky and we're going to shoot. But if we miss, you're going to miss too. We're going to make you miss. Like, it's like I just see more it, – it's like they get, they both have the same type of concept offensively. But defensively, that's what the difference is. The will, that's what the difference is. I can count maybe two players – on the Boston Celtics team that I would say has heart low-key. Marcus Smart, maybe maybe Malcolm Brogdon, even though he had a horrible performance last night. I don't know right. what's going on with Jalen Brown lately and whatever. Like I, I would because he would have been my next answer. I, Greg Williams would have been my answer, but he's getting his lunch money taken. Like <laughs> they're just everybody's getting punked in their own individual way. On this, on this Boston Celtics team, whether it's they're shooting themselves out the game or the Heat is just overpowering them, and or the Heat is just basically wanting it more. You got you you got Kyle Lowry just like doing pick and rolls with um with uh who uh, what's his name with with the mask. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's about like he's Zeller. forty, but he's still hooping out there. Like, Zeller, is it Zeller? Yes, it is. It's Zeller. Oh yeah. But basically, there are others. Basically, the others, the backups. But all around, I can't get, I can't give them a, I can't give the uh, Celtics uh, a chance to come back in this series. Uh, they had their game last night, but I think even if they do come back, don't let it get to a six. I agree with that. What Chris said, but for that, for my exact same reason, they're streaky. Like they play, they they tend to shoot better in the second half. But the Celtics are the type of team that's got to get on teams early, and if they got a team that can punch them back in the mouth then they're not good at responding. I got Miami for being the better responsive team. I got, I've got them better for being the better defensive team. I've got them down for being a better rebounding team. And um, honestly, yeah, at the end of the day, I may give the Celtics one more, but I don't even know that might come at home. Not with that 10 and 10 record from last year, but that might come at home. I don't know, but 
I don't know where that second win's going to come from. I don't have them winning the series, though. Mm. They're just too streaky. And it's deep. Like I said before, bro, like I, I, when I was talking about the Celtics a couple weeks before, I was saying this is a very deep team. They have a, very, they have a lot of guards. They have a lot of options. But I just didn't account for make or miss lead. Like, you know, mm. Tatum said it's a make or miss lead. But it's, the, it's, time, it's timely shots. It's all, about, it's all about timing, misses, second halves, and effort. And I can agree with you on the make or miss league part, but on the effort part, I I can't get with you on that. So I say Miami at the end of the day, they will their way past this team at the end of the day, even if Boston does get one more. So Miami Heat suddenly play like they wanted them more. They definitely because Boston is a better team if you look at it, you know. But the, the Heat look like they wanted it more. That's. But that was them all year. That was them since the bubble. And I, that's my personal opinion. Like, just built as that, like, I've, we've mentioned the Heat. I've talked about Eric Spolstra. I've talked about Pat Riley at that GM desk. I've talked about, like, those no-name players, that grit, that culture, that identity that they have. And it just carries on. Like, even, even with Denver, if you will, I'd say Denver was just a little bit more below the radar. But that same concept of we're going to compete. We're going to compete. Doesn't matter what's going on on our end. We're going to get back on the other end, and we're going to compete. And so they always had that. Now, now that you got the identity, now that you have the attitude, the mindset, now you start adding the roster. That comes late. That comes after. What the, the foundation was already established, and the Heat always had that, bro. Where'd they come from? Playing still here. I'm like, surprised. Oh, God, every time they not since and they Wayne. lost the first game with the playing too. They lost to the Hawks too. They weren't. Yeah, they don't need both in this playoffs, honestly. They I do. can't. They, they've never been a high seed. They've never been. They, 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 not, not since I want to say not since Wade, but they've never been like top three contenders in their in the conference. Right. But they always manage to make it or get in and just get far. But the cream starts rising. So just based off that nature alone, they're just they'll just they, they've just got the better organization. They've got the better culture. Right I'm surprised now. you didn't mention Duncan, Duncan Robinson. Duncan's got the prestige, but man, they're, they're they're taking it. John, you didn't mention uh, Duncan Robinson, your boy. You was defending yeah, him so hard. I didn't want to like like at the end of the day that like I said, like like Kendrick says, shoot or shoot. I'm not gonna re-aggravate him with this. Like shoot or shoot at the end of the day, and I mean shoot Duncan. He's still playing consistent. He said, I can't say much because Tyler Hero started practicing with the team again. Oh, my God, his wrist is, is good. Whatever, Kendrick, if you're watching this segment. All right, I know shooters shoot, but I can still be impressed. All right, what's wrong? Caleb Martin, he's hitting threes. Wow. Can I be impressed about that? Shoot it out. Lights out. And he's not even a shooter. He's oh not. But that's that's the culture, man. That's the culture. They they they, they breathe off of each other. They, they live off each other. They vibe off each other. Um, yeah, they'll will their way out of this series, even if Boston gets one more, and you can give it to them being hot. Maybe they continue the hot streak in again, but no, Miami's going to get this. Chris. Hemi Butler. Hemi Butler. Sir Hemi. Chris, I will say this before we go out to the next topic. Humbly, is Jason Tatum still one of the greatest players in the league? I mean, I'm... <laughs> How you say humbly now? Respectfully, I mean... say humbly. I mean, yeah, Jason. I mean, yeah, Jason Tatum. I mean, Jason Tatum is a top is a top ten player in this league. I, I believe I believe that is. I okay. mean, if you want make, you want to make the argument for top five, you can. I I don't think I, so I, though. I, but I top, but he's he's top ten. I mean, yeah. you can say that. But I would like to say about Jason Tatum. I, that just that whole overrated debate that might have to come back. That that we might have to. We might have to revisit that, and it's no knock on him as a player because he's a great player. I'm not, I'm not going, I'm not going to say he's not a great player. Right. But, it, but I, he does it. Ah, uh, was how long's it been? How long's it been, real quick, since since the final appearance, and oh. he hasn't. Because this is his worst. Technically, this is his worst shooting performance postseason wise. Technically, yes. happens again. Maybe we bring it back. Right. Happens okay. again. Maybe bring it back. Okay. Right. So we're still gonna, you know, stick with Tatum for now. You know, we're gonna stick with him. <laughs> with that being said, listen, the series is still on. The next game is on Thursday at the time of this recording. Uh, man, listen, Chris said he hasn't possibly won in this game, but Game Six, uh, the Celtics don't want no problems. So listen, <laughs> I can't wait 
I can't wait for Thursday. Chris said he's serving up, he's serving up 40 burgers. 40 burgers. Listen, I can't wait for the matchup. And more importantly, I can't wait for the finals. I haven't been excited for this finals since 2016, honestly. That's the last time I've genuinely been excited for the finals. So, hold on, um, hold on. Hold on. Can, I, can I say something real fast? What? And I, for all you naysayers that want to talk <laughs> trash about the potential finals matchup being the Nuggets and the Heat, respectfully, shut the hell up. Respectfully, <laughs> shut the hell up. I guess for the NBA ratings... It, it, because you gotta think, yeah, a lot of casuals, a lot of casuals, because you think, a lot of casuals probably be like Nuggets and Heat, you know. But for the basketball fans like us that genuinely love the game, I think it's gonna be a phenomenal finals. I think it's gonna be one of the most competitive finals, in my opinion. The way you, the way they're built, yes, it is. But I'm not gonna, like I say, I, I don't advocate. I just analyze. Nobody wants to see that. Not that I'm not advocating. I'm just analyzing. Celtics Lakers really in 2023 NBA Finals. I'm talking. It's 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 old Celtics and Lakers fans that will come out the grave to watch this series. Uh, no, this, if this was the, if this was the NBA Lakers will hurt yeah. though. I wouldn't say that much. Now, not an advocate, just an analyst. But now at the yeah. same time, Denver, it's about <laughs> it, you deserve your shot. It's about time. Miami always been a. A prestige, uh, 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 what organization? Not a not an organization of prestige, but a respectable organization, multiple championships, and always been relevant, right? Denver, this is more of their like, um, this, this is, is their, yeah, this is their like first stamp. This is more important for them. Like it's it's this is for their culture. This is for the city. I, I we get that one. Like the ultimate underdog story. Listen, as Eagles fans, we understand more than anybody what it takes when it's your first time getting there. So we definitely respect that. Not advocating, not not advocating. Celtics right, Lakers would have been better on head. paper. On paper. Go on ahead. Paper. I'm out. Not advocating, just analyzing. All right, go ahead, Chris. We, got, we have a two-time MVP, Nikola Jokic. We have arguably the best playoff game performer in the for, in the past three years in Jimmy Butler. And you mean to tell me? That people running out here still saying they want to see the Lakers versus Celtics. Now, yes, for historic purposes, it makes perfect sense. The storyline tells itself. But I mean, damn, we about to have two superstars battling out to see who gets their first ring. That's not exciting. He wants to pass the torch over. That's not the, the casuals. The casuals will be more tuned in because it's two historic franchises, like Johnny said. Even the old, old. They would come out, out the grade for this, man. just to They're watch that. The, the, Nuggets, <laughs> the, the Nuggets isn't is really such a big franchise. Yes, they got they they should be they should be on national television next year, like pretty much all constantly, way constantly. But it's just the casuals. Like I, I'm sure the ratings won't be nearly as high as it, it could be, right? But no, it pres- will. It's NBA Finals. The, this this going to sell out. It, it's going to oversell. It's the NBA Finals. It's, 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 uh, but it's not going to. You know, yeah. the NBA Finals always have like historic type of ratings. So it probably yeah. won't hit that. But probably, yeah, it probably, it's not going to break the Guinness World Record. But yeah, it's definitely. Not. Yeah, Nuggets Lakers. That I mean, uh, I'm sorry, Nuggets uh, Heat. That'll be that's. I'm, I'm still tuning in for sure. But of course, basketball fans, you're going to love that matchup. Mm. All right. But with that being said, we move on to the next topic and the final topic of the episode. And we're kind of, it relates to the Denver Nuggets. Uh, if you guys know, Carmelo Anthony, a Hall of Famer, one of the top three greatest draft classes in the NBA history, retired. And um, it's been a little, it's been a, a heavy debate. Uh, me and my colleagues been debating on this for a while. As you all know, in the Denver Nuggets, Carmelo wore number 15 for the Nuggets, and he had a historical career with the Nuggets. I mean, honestly speaking, I mean, he's so iconic. My first NBA basketball game was NBA Live 2005, and who was on the cover of that? Carmelo Anthony. Uh, so he he means a lot to us. Uh, overall, he's an iconic player. He's a Hall of Famer, guaranteed. Uh, Chris, you would say he's a, a top 20, top 25 player of all time, scoring-wise. On the scoring list, you know. I mean, as a, as a, as an individual score, he's top. He's my I'm probably top five, but that's just an individual score. I mean, as all time great, he could make a debate for top fifty. I mean, no doubt in my opinion, he should be a first ballot Hall of Famer. No, I mean, I'm not going dis- to I'm not going to disagree with that. Right. I guess I guess when you talk about overall, <laughs> top, 30, top, 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 top fifty. I'm gonna just put, I'm gonna go top fifty because I don't know. It's, 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 it's top fifty. 
Right, we could be missing a lot of characters. But with that being said, uh, me personally, uh, Carmelo Anthony jersey, it's a as a no brainer. His jersey should be retired in the Nuggets. But there's the issue. Uh, his 15 jersey is currently worn by a two-time MVP monster named Jokic, and uh, it's been a debate. Like, hey, this mellow jersey should it still be retired? And I say, listen, what he's done for the Nuggets. How he's put the spotlight on the Nuggets and turned them into a relevant franchise. Besides, because the last superstar they had between them was at least Dikembe Mutombo back in nineteen ninety in the 1990s. Uh, you know, so, it, but it's like, listen, the Nuggets, how do they handle <laughs> You talk to Jokic personally. I mean, you do you really tell a two-time MVP? And if this guy wins the NBA championship, he pretty much overshadows Carmelo's whole career. To a certain extent, because he's done something mellow. Mellow doesn't even have the MVP. Jokic already has two. And if he wins his title, man, I, I kind of feel bad for Mellow. Does he not get his jersey retired as a nugget when he's been so impactful for the organization on and off the court for them? Just what's your thoughts, Chris? How did the Nuggets handle the situation? The Knicks are talking about keeping retiring his jersey, which I think they should because Mellow made them relevant. For a couple of seasons, they and he battled against one of the best teams in the East constantly. He just never got the the help that he really could have gotten in the Knicks. But Chris, go ahead, man. I'm gonna touch on that in a second. Okay. I'm gonna touch on what you said in a second. But first, I'm gonna give my flowers because, like you said, Colin, we grew up watching Carmelo Anthony, and it he was. It's not much that we can say about him. He was obviously just a master at just being able to create his own shot. Oh, he he had all the moves. He knew exactly how to do it. He could break your ankles by just doing freaking jab steps. He could break your ankles by doing that. He can break your ankles by doing five jab steps and then pull up in your face and make it. With the hand in the face. My favorite mellow I have two I have two I have two mellow highlights that live rent free in my head that I will forever cherish. The first one he was a member of the Denver Nuggets. I remember this. I believe it was opening night of the two, either 2009 or 2010 season. They played in Utah Jazz. Paul Millsap got a rebound, tried to throw a lob, outlet pass to whoever the point guard was. I don't know if it was Darren Williams, Devin Harris, one of the two. Melo snatched it, did one dribble, brought it back here, and dunked on it for the air one. The second one is, is was it Christmas? I don't know if it was Christmas Day, but in New York, I guess yes. Chicago Bulls. Oh, no, I remember that game. Oh, he went off. Yes, he did. He hit those two big threes in the same spot, one in the fourth quarter, one in overtime. Those are my two favorite Carmelo Anthony moments. So That was the Easter game? That It could have been. It might have been. It might have been Easter game. game. It was a Christmas game. I remember it was a Christmas game. I don't think it was Christmas, but it was. I think it was the Easter game. But Playoffs. It was lit. Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah, bro. Remember that, John? But, yes, I mean, there's not much we can say about Melo. Obviously, it sucks always seeing the great call it quits. Or I don't even say call it quits. We see a great decide not to play basketball anymore professionally. Um, but he knew it was time. We all knew it was time. We just it just sucks because you know we never got to see him win a win an NBA championship or even get to a finals like that. Now, to answer this question about should the Nuggets retired Mellow's jersey, people are gonna hate me for saying this. But no, it's true. And it, 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 it's, it's no fault to his own. It's no fault to his own. I mean, no doubt Melo had a great seven, eight-year run playing in the Mile High City. But when it comes down to it, all he really show for it is just all-star appearances and one Western Conference final strip. Mm. That's it. Now, again, no disrespect. And again, I, I want everybody to know I am not disrespecting Melo at all. I'm... I'm going to miss watching him as a player. Should I miss him that he's not even in the league right now? Like, it, it just still feels weird to me. But I feel like when it comes to Denver, we've already seen Nikola Jokic surpass Melo. And what, Jokic is what, maybe 27 right now? He still has time. And as of right now, he's still going to be with Denver for more years to come. Like, Jokic might not ever leave the Nuggets. So it's no. going to be difficult to retire somebody, to retire Carmelo's jersey when Nikola Jokic is already making history in that jersey, doing things that Melo never did with that same number on his back. Now, an idea they could have, which I would agree to this, due to the legacies of what Carmelo Anthony did and what Nikola Jokic is doing, 
when Jokic retires, I feel like nobody else should wear number 15. I think that is – I feel like I could agree to that. I feel like that number in general should be retired after Nikola Jokic is not playing in a different Nuggets uniform. But I, I feel like the only place that can really retire Carmelo Anthony's number is the New York Knicks for the reason that you said, because he made them a really good team, a competitive playoff team for right. maybe four years. Now, right. I want to touch on the point that you said real fast where Johnny talks about how Melo didn't have the supporting cast around him. That was partially right. Melo's fault because he forced his way out of Denver. I mean, he, he easily could have just signed with the Knicks in that offseason. They would have the same supporting cast that he got traded for, Raymond Felton, Danilo Gallinari. I think no, – not, I'm not about to say Landry Shaman. I'm tripping. Uh, Landry Fields, I believe, was in that trade. Uh, but all those players and the draft capital, they would have been able to keep all that. He was still playing with Amari Stoudemire. The team would have had more depth going into the going into the playoffs in the regular season. They still would have gotten Tyson Chandler, and they probably would have been even better. They probably would have actually been able to compete with the Miami Heat at that time. I'm not saying they would win, but they might have been able to compete with them. They would have beaten the, They could have competed with the Pacers easily because they already had a chance to almost had a chance to beat them with the roster they did have. Um, but again, props to a great career. It was fun to watch you dominate the game for so long. Best of luck to you, man. That's all I got to say at the end of the day. And Johnny, Frost Lane to you. And, and I, me personally, I feel like the Nuggets, pro- I don't know. When Chris broke it down like that, he made some really great points. I feel like the Nuggets probably should have retired Melo's jersey. But the way he, I, he had just had a bad ending with the Nuggets. So I guess that kind of plays a factor into it too. But uh, Johnny, man, Father Time is mm. roof. No. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I th- think about like, I mean, think about like this. I mean, to, I mean, this. Oh, I mean, before Kawhi Leonard won, before Kawhi Leonard won the title in Toronto, I had right. I had Vince Carter as the greatest Toronto Raptors player to ever play the game, and will play in Toronto Raptors uniform. Now, he left on very sour terms with the Raptors, but but they 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 sure need to retire his jersey, no questions about it. I mean, because Vince Carter is Vince. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they should, but. Don, I will. I want to say this before I let you go. Father Time is ruthless, man. When you look at that draft class, LeBron, Chris Bosh, D Wade, and Melo's just the only one. And his achievements are probably not the. I don't want to say the lowest or the most, but man, when you look at his career, I always feel like, man, his career could have been just as great as those guys. And it all came down to him being drafted. Had he been drafted by the Pistons, he'd already have a championship. You know? Coming off the bench as a sixth man for the Pistons. Imagine that. And then them continuing. The Pistons probably could have had a dynasty low-key had they drafted Melo. But here we are. Ringless. Hall of Famer, though. Iconic. Uh, but he, he's kind of being overshadowed by uh, Jokic. And then you got another player on the Hornets. His name Melo, too. And, and, and the younger generation is, is looking at him as their Melo. Right? So it's like, just give me your thoughts, Johnny. It's just crazy. All right. Before we take this and go off the rails, <sighs> let's not forget, we have been given his flop. Let's not forget, Melo is still, he's still what he is to us. All right? Top 75 player, Olympic gold medalist. Mm. I right. About three different times in his career, he averaged over 28 points per game. He averaged 25 points per game over 10 different times in his career. All right, he averaged about seven boards per game about three to four different times in his career. He gave us hoodie mellow. He gave us bully ball. He gave us stop and pop. He gave us the mid-range monster. He literally gave us every single bag that you see the young boys are using today. So did they really forget about mellow? Did we really? I mean, listen, now, what, we're doing is, what we're doing is, what we're doing is we're judging his career off of NBA championships, and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Because that's what you're doing. It hurts. That's what it is, bro. It come down to that. It hurt. He's one of the players that should that should have a ring. Like you said, he should have a ring. He's always it, it always hurt me because I was a Melo fan. I actually like Melo over LeBron. Um, me personally. I, I, I was a Melo fan over LeBron. I don't I just I don't know if that was the media or because ain't I ain't got nothing against LeBron. Obviously LeBron is what he is, obviously. Right. But I'm just saying like when I was looking at them coming up, I felt like oh like man I was more like uh, I like watching Melo more than Brian, bro. I don't know why, and I just like 
I just feel like he should have run a ring. I wanted him to win a ring more. Like, I feel like he couldn't get out of LeBron's shadow. I don't know what it was for the first five, I want to say five seasons of his career. Because that's when, you know, basically he hit the ground running. Obviously, he became one of the top superstars in the league. But those first five years, first four to five years is your prime. Brian just always seemed like he was a step ahead of him. And it made me be like, oh, we're free. you guys are not giving Melo as much respect as he really deserves. When in retrospect, Chris, he pushed himself out of championship positions. Like you said, uh, he pushed himself. Like, who knows? He could have been in a position to compete with LeBron. How awesome would that have been to say that Melo beat Brian out for a chip one time in his uh, career? Like him retiring now, those being one of his highlight reels. Oh, remember that time he went up against Brian and yada, yada? But it's it seems I don't know what he really wanted. I don't know what Melo really wanted, bro. I don't know if he wanted to win. I don't know if he wanted to get paid. Or I don't know if he just wanted the individual accolades, the all-star recognitions, the Olympic gold medalist, top top 75 player um, scoring champ, I believe. But, well, yeah, there you go, former scoring champ. My fault for that to add that, too. But, yeah, so it's like you get those, you get that, and. You get those you get those max deals and you get treated like the player that you are. It doesn't make you less hungry. You know what right, I'm saying? Brother. He was uh, is he he there, I believe there was a time he did want it, and it was around that 2010 year. I think that was probably around the time he actually wanted to win when he was with the Knicks. I believe it was 2010 2011 that season that they made that run. I believe that was like the one year he wanted to run. Uh, he wanted to win. They fell short, and he just gave up after that. Like, all right, I'm just going bask in my own ego of being mellow and we're going to ride this mellow wave and he didn't die out he just faded out but I will say giving him his props heck of a beast we ain't never going to see a player like that again He, it, it's not the fact of how much he averaged like I, I will say again 25 points per game over 10 different times 28 points per game over 3 different times but it's how he's how he is how he averaged those points every year he gave us a different bag like one year he could he kept pulling from the hash mark then the next year he gets he he was a putback king. Then another year he was a mid range monster. Like you just Melo was just a bag, bro. He just was a walking talking bag, and he will forever be missed. Man, uh, all it took was one. Man, his whole fate changed just by drafting, just by getting drafted, just by getting drafted by the Nuggets. Had he been drafted by the Pistons, we're having a complete different conversation about this guy. I mean, who knows if Melo's still the dominant Melo? It had he gone to the Pistons, who knows? Maybe he wouldn't got the time to shine. Who knows? You, you know what I'm nervous about when it comes to Carmelo? What? Now, obviously, our generation and maybe the generation after this, they're going to know who Melo is. They're going to know the impact they had in the game. But just think about, though. When you look, just from a, broad, from a broader perspective, when you, Carmelo Anthony career, he's really just known as a proficient scorer. And that's really it. And that's what's and that's what's gonna be nervous and that's what makes me nervous because it feels like in twenty and thirty years' time, we're still gonna know who Melo was. We're still gonna remember him for having that deep bag that Johnny was told about. We're gonna remember him for just always knowing what to do, always finding ways to score no matter what, no matter what the position is, no matter what the outcome is. He's a he'll he's a walking twenty-five a night. Probably can average twenty-five in his sleep if you wanted to. But it's like when you but, but just from a broad perspective, he might I'm I'm sad he's gonna get lost in the mix because he might get looked at as just the other guy from that 2003 2003 NBA draft class because he was the only one from those all Hall of Famers that didn't win, and it sucks. It's gonna suck when that day comes. Man, the the AIs, the Barclays, the 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 the, the those of that the Pat Hewings. Oh my God, not Patrick Hewing, no. Cause he definitely didn't pay for the Knicks. Oh, you know, I, I, I hate, man. Oh, uh, listen, he was on my my first basketball game, NBA Live 2005. He was on the cover of it. Like you said, Johnny, I always liked Melo more than Bron. I yeah. just Melo just swagger to him. He's just a yeah. swagger. When he came out, I think I was like what a sophomore in high school, and whatnot. Oh five, right? No, oh three. Oh three, my bad. Oh three. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I was a uh, yeah, I was sophomore. Word. Yep. There you go. Yeah, that's right, man, man. I'm telling you. Yeah, who knows what could have been. But I tell you what, he he got his for sure. <laughs> he got his. 
Definitely no respect laws. Oh, New York, bro, retire it. Why not, right? Yeah, I mean, New York should. Might as well. If it's not going to go in Denver, it can fit Madison Square. They were talking about it. No, the they should. Go they ahead, should. man. I mean, hey, who else is in a playoff run? But other than this year, they didn't have another playoff run like that again until Melo was there, other than this past year. So. They got to gotta have his jersey retired somewhere. Salute. He, he has to. All right. But that concludes episode 109 of the Restricted Zone podcast. I want to give a big shout-out to these guys, Chris and Johnny. Thanks a lot, man. I'm sure the fans enjoyed you as much as we enjoyed recording this. You can definitely follow us on all streaming platforms, we're on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google, <laughs> Google Podcasts. I'm not cutting this out. Google Podcasts. Listen, we're everywhere. iHeartRadio, we're everywhere. And then we're also on YouTube. So you can also check us out on Instagram at RestrictedZonePod. You can follow the crew individually on their profile pics. You know, send us DMs, uh, the personal profile pic of the Restricted Zone Podcast. Send us anything you want to talk about in terms of topics. We'll definitely get to it. Please don't forget to leave a like and subscribe to the channel. Uh, it doesn't cost a dime. doesn't cost a penny. We really appreciate it. It helps the algorithm get us out there even more. Uh, like I said, if you guys enjoy this episode, uh, definitely do it. And we'll definitely be coming up with some new topics. Uh, new episodes coming in. WWE episode will be coming out soon. Be on the lookout for that. You guys have been going crazy on the episode. Definitely the shout out. The hood loves wrestling. Stop denying it. It's, top, it's our top three videos as of right now, so we can't thank you enough, and we know what you guys like, so we're going to keep pushing up the content for you guys. Baseball is definitely coming in soon in the works, so just be on the lookout for that. NBA Finals predictions will be coming out next week, so be on the lookout for that too. So just be ready to be flooded by the RZB crew. So with that being said, enjoy the rest of your guys. Enjoy the rest of your nights. Enjoy the rest of your days. Have a great day, everybody. Peace.